Something to note, all myths have many versions and variations. For this episode, we've selected those we felt are the most dramatic and entertaining and supplemented them with additional research into Nyanga traditions. Our myths may not always be the version you're familiar with, but we hope you'll enjoy them. Deep in the jungle lies the village of the Baniyana people. Only two things were known about them. The first is that they worshipped bats and had the ability to fly and screech like creatures of the night. The second is that they were the land's most skilled blacksmiths, and any warrior with their weaponry was unstoppable. Once, a Baniyana woman named Nyamwindo was married off to cruel chief Shamewindo, who ruled over the nearby village of Tabondo. Now, Nyamwindo's young son Mwindo had come to the village with his aunt Iangura to ask his maternal relatives for help, for his father had tried to kill him three times. Mwindo's uncles took the supernaturally gifted boy under their wing and into their workshop, while Mwindo's aunt Iangura anxiously awaited his return. What are your bat brothers doing, Muindo? He may be as cocky as a king, but he's still a little boy. Oh, don't worry about our nephew. We're simply forging him. Forging him for what? A sword or a shield? <laughs> no, Lady Iangra. We're forging him. Hello, Aunt Yangura. <gasps> Muindo? Is that really you? Yes. Now it's time to show my father what I'm really made of. Muindo's uncles used their skills to cleave the boy apart and put him back together as a grown man, taller and stronger in a gleaming suit of armor. Now Muindo was ready. He had his aunt, his uncles, and an army, and nothing would stop him from making his father pay. Welcome to Mythology, a ParCast original. Every Tuesday, we present dramatic stories from ancient mythology and explore their origins. I'm your host and narrator, Vanessa Richardson. You can find all episodes of Mythology and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. To stream Mythology for free on Spotify, just open the app and type Mythology in the search bar. Today we're seeing the Mwindo epic to its exciting conclusion. Last week we followed tempestuous toddler Mwindo as he evaded his father Shamewindo's murder attempts and found an ally in his aunt Iangura. This week we'll follow an older, bolder Mwindo as he forges a path of destruction across the human world and the underworld on his quest for revenge against his father. The conclusion to Muindo's story right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hear that? 
It's the sound of someone whacking the ground with a rake. Specifically, they're beating around the bush, which we've done enough of in this ad too, so let's get right to it. The new moneymaker scratch-off from the Ohio Lottery doesn't beat around the bush. Money maker. Play the game and you could win money, up to $2 million. With more than 88 million in prizes, ranging from $50 to $500, Moneymaker cuts right to the cash. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Muindo, Iangura, and her servants left the Baniana village in high spirits. Not only had Muindo been reshaped into a grown warrior, but his seven bat uncles now flanked him as his generals. Muindo felt invincible. Muindo led them through the jungle for days, ever closer to the hill where Tubondo was. But as they crossed a glen at the hill's base, the sky turned dark and menacing, and a torrential downpour drenched them all. Muindo, stop. I beg of you. But we're so closer to Bondo. And we're closer to death. Your powers may sustain you, but the situation is dire for the rest of us. We can't climb to Tobondo in all this mud. We're almost out of food, and our tents won't hold up in this storm. <laughs> Don't you realize you're speaking to Mwindo, the miracle child? If it's food and shelter you desire, then food and shelter you shall have. Mwindo waved the small magical scepter he was born with. Sturdy tents appeared around the glen. Inside them were warm clothes, soft beds, and best of all, a freshly cooked feast. Muindo's followers gorged themselves on plantains, roast chicken, and banana beer, and the camp echoed with songs and laughter. Muindo, the plantains are delicious and seasoned perfectly, just like the ones I ate in Tubando as a girl. Oh, that takes me back. Well, of course it does. Everything I bestowed upon you is from Tubondo. <laughs> what do you mean? You were all so tired and hungry and irksome. So I, uh, uh, borrowed some things from the village and solved all our problems. You're very welcome. Does this mean there's no food for anyone in Tubondo? I suppose, but see it my way. We'll attack Tubondo with full bellies and happy hearts, and my father's army will be so weak from hunger, they won't be able to stop us. <laughs> Look, there goes my first wave now. Muindo pointed to the sky, where Iangura saw her nephew's seven bat uncles fly into the night. They were headed straight for Tubondo. Muindo, this is very wrong. I'm against your war to begin with, but a true general should lead the charge. They're attacking on my orders, aren't they? The orders of an angry boy who steals food and hides behind his uncle's might. Foolish woman! I am a man now! In appearance only. 
Iangura stormed off as Muindo gazed up at Tubondo and tried to stay confident. The bats would swoop down and attack, Shemwindo would cower in fear, and when the sun rose, Muindo would stride into town and take his place as chief. Muindo awoke at dawn and was delighted to see smoke rising from Tubondo. However, his smile faded when an odd sight appeared in the sky. One of his Banayana bat uncles clumsily careened through the air, heading for Muindo's camp. With one last pitiful flap of his wings, Muindo's uncle tumbled to the ground and screeched in pain. He was drenched in blood. Muindo, my brothers made a valiant effort, but they all perished. I don't understand. I starved the villagers so they wouldn't put up a fight and Hunger and anger only made your father's forces stronger. I'm sorry, but I'm afraid my fighting days have come to an end. Fear not, uncle. Mine are just beginning. Muindo extended his hand, and his conga scepter shot into his grip. He broke into a run and sped straight up the hill. Within minutes, he was in Tubondo, which looked quite different than how he had left it. It was now a war zone. Villagers lay bleeding in half-destroyed huts. They stared daggers at Muindo, but he blithely smiled and waved. He was eager to rally them against his father. With a spring in his step, Muindo banged his scepter on his armor's chestplate. I am Muindo, strong and tall. Stand with me, one and all. Muindo waited for a response, but received none. I am Muindo, full of might. Join me now or lose your life. Still, the villagers did nothing. Muindo rolled his eyes. These lesser beings were useless. He stomped to his father's hut. Seven guards barred the entry, and behind them, Muindo could just barely make out the huddled form of Shemwindo inside. Gods, I promise to be merciful if you hand Shemwindo over and join me. The guards did nothing, and villagers scurried away to avoid Muindo's imploring gaze. He was surrounded by his people, but Muindo had never felt more alone. The time for games was over. To prove his might, he raised his scepter to the sky. Ho, Ankoba, god of lightning! We met once in Mukiti's realm, and you showed me mercy. Now return to heed my call, and show no mercy! Seven bolts of lightning shot down, and Tobondo erupted into a raging inferno. Huts crumbled, animals roasted, and villagers screamed for mercy. Meanwhile, Muindo smiled as he watched his father's hut and guards burn to a crisp. But then the flames licked at him, and Muindo began to sweat in his armor. Children's cries echoed in his ears, and he felt like the world was spinning. He fell to his knees, and when he squinted through the smoke, his eyes widened in shock. He was almost certain he'd seen someone fleeing Shemwindo's hut. 
Chief Shamewindo ran as fast as he could. His worst nightmare had come true. The son he tried to kill had only gotten stronger, and his village was now a burning husk. He thought about going back to see if his wives or daughters had survived, but shame gripped his heart, for a tiny part of him knew this was all his fault. Shamewindo couldn't fix his mistakes, but he could try to outrun them. He scrambled into a thicket and approached a Kikoka fern tree. Though the other trees were lush and verdant, this fern's leaves seemed more gray than green. Shamewindo grabbed the base of the tree and pulled with all his might. Suddenly, the ground shifted beneath his feet and the fern moved back. A pit in the earth opened, and eerie blue light shone from it. After a last glance at Tubondo, Shamewindo jumped in, and the tree moved back to seal the pit shut. In Tubondo, Muindo wandered through the smoldering ruins of his father's hut. Moments ago, he felt gleeful. Now, doubt gnawed at him. The guards' crumbled skeletons littered the ground, but Muindo couldn't find any sign of Shamewindo inside. Maybe his father had survived. Tears gathered in Muindo's eyes. Surely the acrid smoke was to blame. He hurried out of the hut and ran straight into his aunt, Iangura. Muindo, what have you done? He gave me no choice. Now spare me your tears and moralizing speeches. You don't care about consequences, so I'll save my speeches for worthy ears. Just fix this. Do some good with that scepter and reverse this tragedy. No! The villagers saw Shamewindo try to kill me as a boy and did nothing. They saw me ask for their help as a man and did nothing. They all deserve to die. Even your mother? Muindo was speechless. He hadn't even thought about Nyamwindo. Just as his resolve was faltering, a sparrow landed on his shoulder and chirped into his ear. Shamewindo is alive. He escaped underground, under a fern tree. Don't go. My foolish brother has fled into the underworld, probably to seek shelter with the great god Muisa. If you confront him, Muisa will kill you both. So? I've faced gods before, like your snake of a husband. Mukiti is a cherub compared to what's down there. If Shamewindo is gone, forget him. Stay here and rebuild. What's more important, your past or your future? You already know my answer. Muindo began to walk off, then stopped. He reached into the bag he was born with, which bore the image of the luck goddess Kahindo. Inside was a liana vine. He tore the vine in two and gave the other half to Iangura. Take this half of my liana and never let it go. As long as it pulses with my heartbeat, you will know that I am alive and well. And if it stops beating... Then you will carry what's left of my heart. And you are the only member of my family who deserves to. With a heavy sigh, Muindo disappeared into the smoke. Iangura stayed behind, alone in the ashes of the place she once called home. 
Muindo followed the sparrow, which led him straight to the Kikoka fern. His scepter glowed, and the pit leading to the underworld opened anew. Muindo peered into the hole, then summoned his courage and leapt in. Father, I'm coming for you! Next, Muindo meets a goddess in distress and puts a god under duress. Now back to the story. After gathering an army, a fully grown Muindo returned to Tobondo to depose his murderous father, Chief Shame Muindo. But the villagers killed Muindo's generals and ignored his appeals to take his side. In a fit of indignation, Muindo summoned lightning to incinerate everyone in Tubondo, except for his father, who escaped into the underworld. Against his aunt's wishes, Muindo followed him down a deep pit into the unknown. As Muindo emerged from a hole on the side of a hill, his eyes adjusted to a place that was both familiar and unfamiliar. The underworld looked like the world above, but the river was black, the plants were gray, and the sun shone with a cold blue light. In the distance was a village, so Muindo headed toward it. He soon passed a hut at the village's edge. A hunched old crone stood inside, her body hidden in shadow. Muindo quickened his pace, but the crone called out. Hello, stranger. Are you the one they call Muindo? I am, and I am here to find my father. Who is asking? Kahindo, goddess of fortune and guardian of the entrance to the underworld. Kahindo? Why, I was born with a bag with your face and sigil on it. It must be a sign. Let me embrace you to bless you on your journey. Ah, uh, stay back! Once Kahindo stepped into the light, Muindo saw that every inch of her body was mottled with painful, bloody lesions. It was an infection known as yaws, and though it was common in the surface world, Muindo had never seen such a sight. What's wrong with you? A lost and weary traveler sought my embrace for luck. He was very sick. And you let him touch you anyway. Giving him some good luck meant taking on some bad luck. But I am a goddess with privilege to spare, and I'll heal. Someday. Well, I'm keeping my distance. I seek the god Muisa. I believe my father is hiding in his lair, and I intend to give Muisa a piece of my mind. <laughs> I'd pay to see you try. You're all bluster and no brawn. I've survived three assassinations, so don't discount my strength. Ah, but it's not about strength. It's about civility. For when you reach the center of the village and see Muisa by the hearth, there's a certain protocol to follow. He will offer you a frothy yellow banana beer to quench your thirst. But you must refuse it, for it is actually his urine. I see. Then, he will offer you a thick, pungent brown stew to fill your hungry belly, but you must refuse it. <laughs> For it is actually his- Stop! 
I think I can guess what it actually is. So sensitive. Anyway, you must refuse Moise's offers with the utmost diplomacy. If he feels disrespected, he'll squash you like a mosquito. Though Moindo yearned to move on, he couldn't pull his eyes from Kuhindo's disease-ravaged body. She was clearly in pain, and that made him uncomfortable. Moindo wished Iangura was here to counsel him, but she wasn't, so he had to figure it out on his own. Moindo cautiously approached Kahindo, put one hand on her bleeding arm, and raised his conga scepter. Kahindo's lesions began to tingle, and she scratched at her arm in a panic. Her eyes widened with wonder as one lesion after another flaked off without leaving so much as a scar. Muindo smiled at her, then set off on his journey to meet Muisa. Muindo wandered across the village until he reached a hearth which burned with something blue and flickering, not quite fire, but just as dangerous. Seated on the ground was the god Muisa. He was very old, massive in frame, wore a cowrie shell belt, and radiated both malice and mirth. Beside him were a cup and a bowl, just like Kahindo said there would be. Muindo, a little birdie told me you'd be arriving, and I know you are tired from your journey. Here, have a cup of banana beer. I could never. <laughs> There's only one cup here, and I would not deprive a god of the drink he so richly deserves. Ah, then have a bowl of my heartiest stew. Take a whiff. Does it not smell divine? <clears throat> I am so tempted. But you rule this realm, and these delicacies should only pass through your lips. <laughs> your politeness has saved you, mortal fool. <laughs> you see, the frothy beer and tasty stew are actually my... Yes, I am absolutely a fool, but one who seeks knowledge and revenge. I believe my wicked father, Shame Window, has taken refuge here. Is this true? Mayhaps. But before I tell you, I'd like you to prove your worth. I'll do anything, Muisa. I'll slay your enemies on command. This won't be a test of might, but rather a test of patience. I've been craving bananas, but my crop has died. I need you to cultivate an entirely new one for me. With pleasure. And I'd love to dip my bananas in some honey. So you must also climb to the tallest tree, find the busiest hive, and bring me honey from my realm's nastiest bees. I'll begin at once. No! The hour is late. Go back to my doctor Kahindo's hut and rest your bones. Pardon me, Kahindo is your daughter? <laughs> of course. Who else would I trust to guard the entrance to my domain? Muindo walked back through the village, his mind full of questions with no easy answers. 
How would he plant a banana grove when he'd never once tilled the earth? How would he fight off the underworld's nastiest bees? And who was that breathtaking beauty standing by Kahindo's hut? Hello again, stranger. Moindo's mouth fell open. His magic had restored the sickly crone to her true form. Kahindo was now youthful, with unblemished skin and a welcoming smile. Muindo's heart skipped a few beats. Far away in Tobondo, his aunt Iangura felt Muindo's liana vine stop beating. She was alarmed, until it suddenly pulsed in double time. She worried that he was battling an army or risking his life. But Muindo was fighting a far subtler war with his own nascent desires. Kahindo invited the young man inside for dinner, and the pair ate and talked for hours. I have to ask, how can you stand having a trickster like Muisa for a father? Oh, he loves me in his own way, even if his little games do get tiresome. Well, if you simply eliminated him... The underworld would be thrown into utter chaos. All I can do is provide balance. When he hurts, I help. When he punishes, I reward. We fight without fighting, and in the end, it all seems to work out. I wish things were like that with my father. Well, it takes time and compromise. Now, are you ready for bed? <sighs> yes, I'm exhausted. Do you have a spare cot, or shall I conjure one up? <laughs> Perhaps you might like to come to bed with me. I find you pleasant to the eye. And I thought I might put my leg across you, as the common folks say. Put your leg across me? What for? It's an expression. But what does it mean? <laughs> oh, Muindo, you have so much to learn. Muindo awoke early the next day. He wasn't exactly well-rested, but he felt more capable than ever before. When Muisa's lackey came for him, Muindo gladly followed him to a hill that was lush with mango trees. The mangoes were lovely, but Muisa wanted bananas, so Muisa's man tossed a bag of seeds and a satchel of tools to the ground, then sat in the shade to watch Muindo work. Muindo turned to his scepter for help, but for the first time, he felt guilty. He knew there were average men who were experts at working the land and who had the patience to wait months for bananas to ripen. But Muindo was not an ordinary man, and this had to be done quickly. So he waved his trusty scepter once more. Muindo stood back as the farming tools floated out from the bags and got to work. They cut the grass, felled the mango trees, planted the banana stems, and watered them too. Within mere hours, the crops grew heavy with thick, ripe bananas the color of sunshine. Meanwhile, Muindo scanned the forest until he heard buzzing from one of the tallest trees. There was a hive up there. He raced to the tree and began to climb it. Moisa's lackey hurried back to report these miraculous feats to his master, 
Muisa was furious that this surface world stranger had done months of work in less than a day. He turned to a corner of his hut where Muindo's father cowered. Find somewhere else to hide, shame window. I'll keep stalling, but your son is more determined than anyone I've ever met. Frankly, you should be proud of him. But Shamewindo was just scared. He scurried out while Muisa unhooked the cowrie shell belt from his waist. He spun it like a lasso, then threw it into the air. It flew into the forest, straight for Muindo. Muisa's belt wrapped itself around Muindo's neck, tying him to the tree. The bees swarmed out and stung him, as if they were also under Muisa's command. No! No! Oh, great Ankoba, come to my aid once more. Once again, the lightning god sent a bolt down, and it cracked Moise's belt and the tree in half. The bees flew away, and Muindo crashed to the ground. Back in the village, Moise sat by the hearth, he was confident that he'd rid his village of Shamewindo and Mwindo, and he found much joy in that fact. In his opinion, both men were entirely too high-strung and dramatic. Then Mwindo marched into the village. His hands were bloody, his face was riddled with bee stings, and his gleaming armor was dented and tarnished. Despite all this, he smiled through his pain, for in his left hand were ripe bananas, and in his right was a honey-filled hive. Muindo set them down at Muisa's feet. I've done as you asked, Muisa. Now, will you please lead me to my father? Muindo, it's the strangest thing, but I just checked my guest hut, and your shitty father has disappeared entirely. A hawk flew by and caught a message at Muindo. Muisa was lying, and he had really told Shamewindo to run. An outraged Muindo raised his scepter. Muisa looked up to the sky, worried that Muindo was going to call on Unkuba. But instead, Muindo just hit Muisa over the head. Muisa laughed until he went eerily still. Tears flowed from his eyes, he lost control of his bowels, and foam sputtered from his lips. The god fell onto his back, as stiff as a board. His entire body was frozen, except his eyes, which flitted wildly about. Muindo watched him suffer, until Kahindo pushed him aside to kneel by her father. She was in anguish, and Muindo felt a twinge of guilt— he was almost moved by the goddess's unerring devotion to her dastardly father. Father, wake up! Muindo, is he going to die? No, he's just incapacitated. Unlike you, I don't have saintly patience for Muisa's little games. But when I find my father, I promise to restore yours. Then hurry! Before chaos rips the underworld apart! Muindo followed the hawk. He knew that he would lead him to shame Window. 
The ground trembled, clouds gathered, and the sky turned black. Muindo could barely see a thing, but he kept running, straight into the banana grove he'd raised that very day. In the dark, the trees cast strange shadows, and every branch looked like arms reaching for Muindo's throat. Suddenly, lightning lit up the sky, which allowed Muindo to glimpse a shadowy figure running through the center of the grove. Lightning hit again, and this time it struck a banana tree, which fell over and trapped the flailing figure beneath its branches. Muindo slowed his pace to a confident walk. Though it was still dark, he knew exactly who was under the fallen tree and exactly what he wanted to do to him. <laughs> At long last. Hello, father. Next, Muindo mulls his father's fate and figures out his own future. Now, back to the story. Muindo chased his father's shame window from the hills of Tubondo to the depths of the underworld. On his journey, he bonded with family, tussled with monsters, and was even seduced by a goddess. Now, Muindo found himself in a stormy underworld banana grove where his father cowered under a fallen tree. Muindo had spent weeks fantasizing about this moment, but when he finally got a good look at his father, he was disappointed to see he was bruised, bloody, and pitifully scrawny. Was this really the rival who had fueled his rage? Suddenly, Shamewindo's eyes burst open. He was delirious and haunted. Window? Why, you look so much like me when I came of age. Enough of your prattling. Stand up and fight, you coward. I wish I could, but I am not a young man, and my time in the underworld has left me weak. I'm not much of a worthy opponent. But I came all this way. You owe me a battle. Would you settle for an especially vicious argument? <laughs> Is something funny? I... It's the most puzzling thing. I confess, I'm almost happy to see you. I suppose I am too, in a way. I was getting tired of running. And I of chasing. We must return to Tobondo. There is nothing left for me in the village. Or you, after what you did. That is not true. Your sister, Iangura, is up there. And for some reason, she's just as worried for your safety as she is for mine. I think it would mean a great deal to her if I brought you back alive. I long to see her again. But my leg hurts. And I feel so lightheaded. Shamewindo passed out and Muindo wondered if he should slay him right there. It would be so simple, but there was no glory in killing a defenseless creature. So Muindo just picked his father up and slung him over his shoulder. He would take him to Tobondo and figure out what to do with him when they got home. Muindo carried his father past Muisa, still frozen on the ground, Kahindo was at his side, and her worry was so raw that she barely noticed them pass. 
Though Muindo didn't quite understand her allegiance to her father, he flicked his conga scepter. To Kahindo's surprise, Muisa sat up instantly, full of lively laughter. Thank you, Muindo. Say, do you have any interest in marrying Kahindo? I want your power at my side, and we can settle on a modest dowry. Ah, oh, father. You're back for two seconds and already scheming. What? Muindo is a catch. And so are you, my dears. Ignore my father, Muindo, and deal with yours. But come back and see me if you're ever feeling down on your luck. <laughs> Farewell, Kahindo, and thank you. Shemwindo awoke with a start. He looked up at the blue sky and realized he was back on the surface world and riding on his son Muindo's back. Sweat dripped down the young man's brow, and it was clear he'd been carrying him for hours, maybe even days. As they passed the river that flowed by Tubondo, Shemwindo was overwhelmed with a powerful memory. When you were a baby, I carried you along this riverbank to kill you. Keep those fond little remembrances to yourself, unless you'd like me to toss you headfirst in the river. No, it's just, while you were in my arms, you looked up to me with such righteous anger, and said the stars told you that one day you would carry me to my doom. You knew all along, didn't you? It was a lie. I was just trying to convince you to spare my life. I wish I had listened. Iangura raced from Tobondo to the riverbank. The vine that Muindo gave her was pulsing fast, and she knew he was close. The sight of Muindo carrying her brother like a child moved her to tears. <sighs> Shame, Muindo! And Muindo, together at last! Only because this old fool can't walk. Oh, shut up and give me a hug, both of you. She wrapped the men in her arms. Both were uncomfortable, but they knew how much this meant to her. After a moment of bliss, Iangura grew serious. Muindo, I'll take shame, Window, from here. But we need to decide how to carry out his punishment. And we will, after his wounds are cared for, and after you resurrect Tubondo. Iangura took Shemwindo away to nurse him back to health, while Mwindo set out to fix the damage he had done to Tubondo. He tapped his scepter on the remains of each hut until they rebuilt themselves. He tapped his scepter on the bones of each villager until they leapt to their feet. He tapped his Baniyana uncle's tattered bat wings until they took flight. Muindo even tapped fallen banana trees until they sprung up, heavy with fruit. And he swore that he would someday learn to cultivate a field without magic. After three days and three nights, Tubondo was whole again, except for one person. Muindo walked to a fallen hut at the center of the village and tapped the ground. Soon the hut rose up, and so did his mother, Nyamwindo. She hugged her son close, 
for though he was grown, she instantly recognized him as the strange boy who burst from her finger and turned the world upside down. Muindo knew she had a million questions, and he looked forward to answering them all. But first, he had to decide what to do about his father. A few days later, Iangura summoned all the villagers to a public meeting. After consulting with Shamewindo's advisors, she knew that it was best if the men explained their actions to their confused citizens. At the center of the village were three copper thrones. Iangura sat in the center, with a pensive Muindo to her left and a nervous Shamewindo to her right. There was no denying they looked radiant on their thrones, and though the air was thick with uncertainty, the villagers felt comforted by their leader's united front. Citizens of Tubondo, we have much to consider, and the fate of the village is uncertain. While Shame Window set this nightmare in motion, his son, Mwindo, behaved just as poorly and almost destroyed Tubondo forever. Now, each of them will explain themselves. Then Shame Window's council and I will decide what's to come. Shame Window, you first. You may all resent this strange child of mine for the suffering he has caused, but I am the root of his suffering. I banned his existence, then tried to end it. When a child's identity and lifespan is strictly for the gods to decide, and I was the coward who fled to Bondo when I should have made peace with Muindo during his attack. I've missed you all so much. It's a trick! He's manipulating you all! You mustn't fall for it! Muindo's angry Baniana bat uncle didn't trust Shamewindo, and his skepticism was infectious. The villagers began to clamor for justice, and Shamewindo shrank in his throne. They advanced toward him, but Muindo blocked their path. Please, calm yourselves. Take it from me. Anger may give you power, but it only leads to heartache. Now, Shamewindo has committed grievous sins. My very first memory is my father aiming a spear at my head, and I will never forget it. But if he wasn't so hell-bent on destroying me, I would never have met my dear aunt, who taught me restraint. I would never have befriended my Banyana uncles, who forged my strength. And I would never have ventured into the underworld, where Kahindo and Muisa showed me that the bond between a father and his child can take on many strange forms. I came here with vengeance knotted around my heart, but now I seek balance. My father and I cannot change the past, but we can change who will be in the future. If you choose me as your leader, I accept. And if you choose Shemwindo, well, I'll make sure he rules wisely. The crowd waited with rapt anticipation as Shamewindo's council huddled around Iangura to whisper softly. Finally, the woman turned to face the village. I propose a solution. Tubando will be split in two, and father and son will rule each half, in harmony with one another. Muindo, Shamewindo, do you accept? I do. Father? I'm sorry, Window, but I do not. Let me speak. 
I am still your chief, at least for a few moments longer. Father, what are you saying? My mind was warped by my fear of losing power, and I will only be free of it when I have no power left to lose. So from now on, I will exile myself to the neighboring hill and live a life of repentance. Is this really what you want? You should probably accept before I change my mind. Then I accept. All hail Muindo, Chief of Tubondo! Tubondo celebrated Muindo, the tiny tyrant who matured into a man worthy of being a chief. The festivities lasted seven days, and when they ended, Muindo accompanied Shamewindo and Iangura to the riverbank. His aunt was going home to her husband, while his father was off to reflect on a neighboring hill. Be wise, Muindo. Solve Tubondo's problems with thought and restraint. Not by shaking that strange little conga stick until all hell breaks loose. I like my little stick. It doesn't look very chiefly. Your father is right. Get a proper spear. And if either of you starts trouble again, I'll come back and conquer Tubondo for myself. Finally, a real challenger. <laughs> Play nice, boys. Iangura went down the river, and Shamewindo climbed up the hill. Muindo took a moment to reflect, then pulled out his conga scepter. It did look rather foolish, and the temptation to use its destructive powers remained ever-present. So Muindo broke it in half and tossed it in the river. Then he set off for Tubondo to live the rest of his life as an extraordinary chief and an ordinary man. The Muindo epic is unusual in that it builds to a battle royale between father and son and surprises us with a thoughtful reconciliation. No death is permanent, and everyone's sins are absolved. It almost feels unfair that heroic Muindo never slays his wicked father. But that's because in the eyes of Nyanga storytellers, Muindo isn't a real hero at all. Instead, Shamewindo and Muindo are both villains in their own way. Shamewindo symbolizes greed and fear, while his son represents anger and pride. Muindo's exploits as a rage-filled toddler in Mukiti's realm are engaging and funny, but they only lead to chaos. The implication is that any man who acts like him is really just an overgrown child. Muindo follows a similar path as an adult, once again venturing into an unknown realm and challenging a god. But this time he heeds a woman's advice, practices politeness, and finds a happy ending by choosing mercy and giving up his powers. The Muindo epic isn't a sacred text, but it is a guide to Nyanga values. And for the Nyanga, the hallmarks of a true leader are restraint and wisdom. Those traits lead to harmony between rulers and subjects, men and women, and parents and children, and have way more value than any disruptive act of so-called bravery. In the end, Muindo's strange adventures tell a cautionary tale. The epic warns us that getting swept away by our fears and desires can have catastrophic consequences for our loved ones. 
and comforts us with the message that true heroism is achieved by striving for peace and harmony. Thanks again for tuning in to Mythology. We'll be back Tuesday with a new episode. For more information on Mwindo, amongst the many sources we used, we found The Mwindo Epic by Daniel P. Beboik and Kahombo C. Matene to be extremely helpful to our research. You can find more episodes of Mythology and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Mythology, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Mythology on Spotify, just open the app, tap Browse, and type Mythology in the search bar. If you enjoy Mythology, you'll love my other podcast, Tales. Tales presents fairy tales the way they were originally told, orally and unadulterated. Traditional fairy tales aren't exactly suitable for children, and every Wednesday, we dive into another dark, classic tale. We'll be back next week with another epic story. Mythology was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler, sound design by Michael Langsner, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Isabella Way. This episode of Mythology was written by Amin Osman, with writing assistance by Greg Castro. The amazing cast of voice actors includes Bill Butts, Kai Jordan, and Rebecca Thomas. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Vanessa Richardson